to C3 Church Hepburn Heights. We believe Jesus Christ gives life to the full and we are called to live it and share it. We pray you enjoy this message today. It's good to be among family. You know, I suffer from that terrible disease of FOMO, fear of missing out. And that's what brings me every Sunday That's what's brought me every Sunday of my life, apart from holidays and sick days, into the house of God. Because I don't want to miss out on what God's saying to his people. I don't want to miss out on what God's doing. And I'm a bit worried that the Sunday I miss, something's going to happen that I'm going to go, and I stayed home? (laughs) I missed something. So I love being in the house of God. It is one of my most favourite places to be. And I'd really like to encourage you guys that at this season that our church is in, that we prioritise being in the house together. Because God is going to do something in our lives in this church, in this season that we haven't seen yet. He's pouring out new wine into new wineskins. And in order to have those new wineskins, we need to be together in the house, hearing the word of the Lord. And if you can't make it, don't forget to listen to the podcast. And if you haven't or don't know how to listen to a podcast, we can help you. We can help you. So that is so important. If you've missed the first two of these series of Above All Else, listen to the podcast because Pastor Jason, Pastor Ben preached awesome messages that had such, (laughs) Pastor Ben agrees, had such um, challenge, such inspiration, such a word for us in this season. So I'm on part three of the Above All Our series. And of course, we're springboarding from the verse Proverbs 4, 23. And we're going to continue on this journey of allowing Holy Spirit to do a work in our hearts. Proverbs 4, 23. Above all else, above all else, guard or protect your heart. That part of you which stems from, from which stems your thought life, your, your mind, your will, and your emotions, your actions, that which comes forth, the essential us. We guard that part of us for everything we do. Everything we do flows from it. Or as the New Living Translation says, it determines the course of your life. I also love the Passion Translation, which tells us to pay attention to the welfare of our innermost being. So our question this morning is, how is your heart doing? I wonder if we asked each other that question, how's your heart this morning? Instead of how are you, how's your heart? How's your heart? Because essentially, we will be how our heart is. 
if our heart is healthy, if our heart is focused on God, we will be joy-filled, peace-filled, loving, um, victorious Christians, won't we? We will be walking, we will be a people that will be walking in that. So how's our heart doing? I reckon if we paid as much attention to our heart as we do to other things, we would be so much happier, so much healthier, and more whole than ever. I was thinking the other day that it'd be really good if our hearts were like reversing sensors on cars. Because it's really hard to tell how our heart is going. But if we had a reversing sensor that goes beep, 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 and then beep, 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 we know it's a warning signal. And we have to take notice because we know if we disregard the slow beeps and keep going through the fast beeps, there's going to be a mighty big damage bill at the other end of that. And I think that's the same for me, as I've always been aware that if I disregard the state of my heart, if I disregard those warning beeps of Holy Spirit, there's going to be damage that sometimes is irreparable and other times takes a lot of hard work to repair that damage. So my heart is, search me, O God. Know my heart. See if there's some offensive way in me. Look inside. Help me to take, when I hear that beep, 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 that I actually stop, put the brakes on and say, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me that I need to deal with? See, an extract from my journal in 1987 I was 33, and we'd just moved from New Zealand to Augusta to help with a church plant there, which was actually out of the old Shiloh. And um, I wrote this in my journal, Jesus, I want there to be less of me, that there might be more of you. I'm prepared to sacrifice, pay the cost, and be obedient to your leading, discipline, or whatever it takes whatever it takes, in order to be transformed more and more into your likeness and image. That was my heart. But little did I dream of the events I would go through over the next 30 years, which would be part of that transformation process. And today I'm going to share just a few of those events. See, 26 years ago, I thought my life was over. I thought my heart was so broken, it would never recover. Because I'd arrived home from work to find that my husband of 20 years had decided that the grass was greener on the other side of the fence and had jumped that fence, leaving behind me, a shattered wife, a shattered son, a music team, and wider family and friends. Another journal entry at that time reads, Absolute devastation. I cannot believe it. Everything I ever wanted and believed in is gone. To be left for someone else is so humiliating. The pain is beyond imagination. How will Jason and I ever recover from this? Over the next weeks... The emotions of shock, rejection, pain, 
shame, guilt, sense of failure, betrayal, and financial stress threatened to overwhelm my heart. And I could say I felt like Humpty Dumpty, that I was never going to be put back together again. Yet, through all the mess and through all the heartache, I did hear the voice of the Holy Spirit saying, give forgiveness, extend forgiveness, be forgiving. Forgive? You've got to be kidding me. Maybe after they've apologised and grovelled and said they were really sorry and begged my forgiveness, I'll consider it. I wrote in my journal, the pain I'm feeling and the pain my son is going through is overwhelming. If only my husband had been run over by a bus, it would have been a lot easier to deal with and I'd have been a lot richer from the life insurance. Shock horror. Now you know the ugly heart that was lurking in there. I horrified myself, to be perfectly honest, after I read those words. But you see, over the years, I'd seen and experienced enough instances firsthand to see the damage that could be caused by people holding on to offence and not dealing with it not extending forgiveness. And I knew if I was ever going to come through with my heart intact, my first course of action was to acknowledge the pain. You see, people try to cover up, to minimise or go into denial by pretending it didn't happen. I've learned with every offence, whether it's big, major or small, little... We need to release and process our feelings, not push them down. That only leads to a hardened and sick heart if we do not process properly. For me, acknowledging my emotions involved three things. Writing my feelings down in a journal, as you just heard. Talking and venting my hurt and anger to God. And you know what, people? God's big enough to handle how you feel. So never be afraid of telling God, I'm hurt, I'm angry, I feel this. His shoulders are big enough. His heart is big enough to hear you and understand. He said he knows, he understands the feelings of everything that we go through. He can handle it. And the third thing was talking and praying it through with my wonderful pastors, one of whom sitting down on the front row. And friends, a few friends, and you know who you are here today. It's important to really remember this, that being hurt or offended is not licensed to go around telling everybody and laying blame. That is what I chose not to do. We do not expose. Love covers. It doesn't expose. So even in offence, we cover. Even in offence... We watch who we talk to. Now, you need to talk to somebody. There, it may be a close friend, a connect group leader or a pastor. Maybe that you need a professional counsellor if the wound and hurt is deep enough to receive perspective and support for healing. But pick a few, not the many. 
that is so important. Secondly, I knew I had to make the choice to forgive. I was blessed to have had an amazing mother who drilled into me the power of choice. Make a choice, whether it's good or whether it's bad, but make a choice to do the right thing. As followers of Christ, forgiveness is not an optional extra for us. If we truly desire to guard our hearts against any offensive way and walk in that freedom and liberty that Christ has for us, then the bottom line is, as Mark's, as, as Mark, I'm sorry, Matthew 6 says, we choose to forgive or we won't be forgiven. That's a very sobering thought and one I don't want to entertain. I don't know about you, but I stuff up. I want to be forgiven. And if somebody hurts or wounds me, I want to be the person that chooses to forgive in order to keep going on. Neil Anderson says, offering forgiveness is a crisis of the will, a conscious choice to let the other person off the hook without waiting for an apology, acknowledgement of wrongdoing, or even major changes in the other person. A very important quote. For me, there was no other option. I made the choice, in the words of the Frozen movie, to let it go, <laughs> to let the offence go. It's, it is said that choices lead, feelings follow. And that is so, so true. Because as I kept choosing to forgive... The claws of anger, unforgiveness and hurt gradually loosened their hole and my heart started to feel freer and have hope again. Another extract from my journal that I'd actually read in a book, I wrote, I must remember that one day when I stand before the Lord and give an account of my life, it will matter very little how people in life have treated me, but it will matter a great deal how I responded to that treatment. I determined to choose God's way, no matter how long it took, that I would do whatever I needed to and let God do whatever he needed to in me to bring me through with a healed and restored heart, which was still sweet and soft and not hard and bitter. People often ask, how do you know if you've actually truly forgiven someone? Well, first of all, you, I, forgiveness doesn't minimise, excuse the actions or justify the wrong. But for me, I know I have let go and am free of the offence. It's when the situation or the memory or the person doesn't press my buttons or cause a painful or revengeful, revengeful reaction in my heart any longer. That's how I know. And so the healing journey in my heart went on over the next couple of years. There it was, all done and dusted. I was perfect, heart healed, restored. No more work to do, Lord. You've done your job. I wish. Living life with a clear heart takes daily disciplines. Don't we wish it was a once and for all process, though? Pastor Ben mentioned last week about how hard it was to get the kids to take the preventative puffer daily to avoid an asthma attack. Pastor Jay spoke about the muck and the pool of life that required our filter being cleaned and 
and getting rid of that. A monotonous job that sometimes has to happen more than once. Remember my 1987 journal entry? I'm prepared to pay the cost. Why is it when I write something like that that he then takes me up on it? And then we complain, it's all too hard. I want an easier option, please, Lord. I don't want to have to put effort in to clean that pool filter. I don't want to have to put effort in to take that preventative puffer. I want it easy. Can't you just wave a magic wand or something and I'm all fixed and whole? Well, no, unfortunately. I heard there were soldiers in one of the wars who, in order to try and stay awake on their watch, they sat with their rifle butt on the ground and the point of the bayonet under their chin. Now, that is an extreme action to stay on guard and definitely not a comfortable one. Chris Hodges said at Presence Conference, the devil works harder at defeating us than we do to defeat him. And that's why the Bible says, be on guard. That's why the word says, guard your heart. There is action that we have to take, action that we are responsible for. And it's not always easy and it's not always comfortable. But if we want to have clean, pure hearts, it's what we're going to have to do. Church, I feel like the Lord is saying at this time that we can't afford to fall asleep or be complacent in guarding our hearts from the attacks of the enemy by allowing wrong motives, wrong attitudes, the sin we're pretending isn't that bad or isn't really there, the lack of integrity or offences and unforgiveness to remain in our hearts. We have to be on watch, on guard. So how do we know what's in our hearts? Well, I think one way to find out is just listen to what comes out of our mouths. That's a very good way to find out. Jesus said, out of the overflow of our heart, our mouth speaks. Now, if you knew me when I was young, I was a real sanguine by nature. I think maybe the storms of life and old age have um, tempered me somewhat in my latter years. But I'm well aware that one of my greatest strengths in communicating can also be one of my biggest weaknesses. I know that I can speak first and regret it later. I remember, I didn't know you were going to be here this morning, John, but I remember John saying to me years ago, well, Cherry, one thing's for sure. We are never in doubt about what you are thinking. <laughs> Do you remember saying that, John? <laughs> yeah, he does. Uh, he, he actually corrected me quite a few times. Um, John is really responsible for a lot of who I am today. I have to say that. He's sitting there. I owe a lot to this man. Okay. Stop. Get yourself together. I'm sure over the last 60-odd years, there's been times when Jesus has sat up there and shaken his head and gone, blimey. Well, maybe not blimey. He said, Father, there she goes again. Now, I have to say in my defence that I do believe I have worked on this and I've got better disciplined in this area, but I still can't afford to drop my guard. And that's where we need to be aware of what our strengths and what our weaknesses are. You see, just this week I was speaking with someone and as I left and got into my car, I heard that beep, beep. 
feeling and Holy Spirit spoke and convicted me that what I just said about somebody else, though not bad, was the words came unnecessary and uncalled for. It simply didn't need to be said. So I promptly repented and then I text that person and apologised. That's how we have to roll if we want to keep our hearts free. Listen for the beep, beep of that reversing sensor voice of Holy Spirit and not drop our guards. And it did prompt me to start praying again the verse which Holy Spirit had impressed on me over 40 years ago. Set a guard over my mouth, Lord, and keep watch over my lips. He's still working on that. And right there is another key to guarding my heart. You see, reading, speaking and declaring the, Lord, uh, declaring the word of the God, Lord is part of my daily preventative discipline to keep my heart free and pure. It's also the solid platform on which I stand when doubt and fear threaten to grip my heart. Like being diagnosed with cancer in 2006 and hearing the voice of the enemy whisper time and time again, you'll be dead by the time you're 58, just like your mother. I had to fight that fear in my mind and heart over the next six years with the word of God and the promises that he gave me to keep my heart free from that fear. That lying voice is silent now because I'm seven years past that date. Thanks and praise be to our wonderful God. But the enemy will lie. The enemy will speak fear and doubt in. And it's up to us to stand on the word of God and declare his truth against the lies of the enemy to keep our heart free. See, my cancer diagnosis brought me back from Europe and I was where I was pastoring and helping plant the C3 church in Paris so I could have the surgery and the resultant therapies that followed. And I found that the Word of God not only speaks hope and life into our hearts in those times, but it also searches out the hidden things that sometimes we are unaware of. After 12 months, it was apparent that I wouldn't be able to return to Paris due to the ongoing treatment that I needed. So the whole course of my life was changed yet again. I came back on part-time staff at Hepburn Heights and I did some itinerant ministry. But what I didn't realise was something was not quite right deep down within my heart. I was reading a book at the time called The Shack, Pastor Ben, where God spoke to the main character, Mac, and said, I want to heal the wound that has grown inside of you and between us. I started to weep and I didn't know why. So I sat and asked the father this question, is there a wound in my heart? And echoing back came the word disappointment. Obviously, God knows the deepest depths of our heart, that which I hadn't recognised. I had pushed down the disappointment of not being able to return to the church in Paris and just tried to get on with my life and serve him to the best of my ability. But God was more interested, not in my service, but in making sure my heart was healed and whole 
as I walked on into my future because he knew if I'd kept that blockage there, part of my heart would not work fully as he intended and I would not have been the whole person he wanted me to be. Father God says in Psalm 139 that he knows everything there is to know about us and what's residing in our hearts. And he is more than able to heal, restore, forgive and set us free. And that's why he sent his son, Jesus Christ. Worship team, if you'd like to come, please. And ushers, if you would come and distribute the emblems, we're going to eat together in a, in a little while, if you would just hold the emblems as they are distributed. See, as we come to communion, I know God is wanting to do a work in our hearts. He has been and he will continue right up till the day he comes back again or we go to be with him. He wants us to take the time to allow him to examine our hearts. He wants us to take the time to hear his voice. What is he saying to us? He wants us to make a choice now to open our hearts and our spiritual ears. Yes, if you would come, please, and distribute the emblems. He wants us to, <clears throat> to hear what he's saying to us personally. Some of us need to make a decision to choose to start the process of forgiveness for an offence. You've been hurt. You've been wounded. People have let you down. And in your heart of hearts, you know that there is a gap in that relationship. Today, he wants you to make a choice. Let it go. Let forgiveness start to flow. I believe that there's also some broken relationships which can be mended or a process of restoration started. I also believe that there's someone here who God has been speaking to you about going to someone and actually asking forgiveness for something that you've said or done. And you know that prompting of Holy Spirit, but fear has been holding you back. Pride has been holding you back. If that's you today, we're going to have an opportunity for you to make a decision that you're going to move forward in that area. I also saw someone who had fear in their hearts that was holding them back from stepping forward into the future that God had for them that you had been taking on board the lies from the enemy that this what you're going to, what he's calling you to do won't work out that you haven't got what it takes that you're not good enough compared to and today as we allow holy spirit he's going to work in our hearts to take away that comparison to take away that sense of of just feeling inferior and to place his boldness and courage in you to step out over that fear. Maybe today you've got a wounded heart and you feel justified in holding on to your thoughts of revenge and payback. Maybe your heart has been broken through grief or loss and you are holding on to disappointment that God hasn't come through for you as you expected. Today, 
can you make a choice to let that disappointment go? Can you make a choice to say, God, as we sang before, you are good. You are faithful. You have my back. You have my best interests at heart. You know the way I take. And sometimes, though you try me, at the end, I'm going to come forth as pure gold. Let's open our hearts as we hold these communion emblems in our hand. You know, we can't ever correct what we won't confront. Let Holy Spirit speak to us today. He doesn't come to condemn. He comes to convict. But He always comes with love and compassion. He always comes with, my child, I want the very best for you. See, I want to have a heart after God's own heart. I want to have a heart that breaks with the things that break His. A heart that repents quickly, forgives quickly, and loves deeply. As you close your eyes this morning, and as the band plays, I'm just going to read some scriptures. And I want you to just concentrate, not on me, but on the Word of God. So let's close our eyes. God, I invite your searching gaze into my heart. Examine me through and through. Find everything that may be hidden within me. Father, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing always to you. Jesus, create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. Because I know, as your word says, a broken and a contrite heart delights your heart and restores the joy of my salvation. Father, as we sit here, in your presence. Help us to remember what these emblems represent. Forgiveness, victory over sin and death, restoration, healing, hope, salvation, freedom and liberty, and so much, much more. Today, we allow you to plough up the fallow ground. We allow you to search our hearts. We allow you to come in and speak to us. Cleanse us from everything that would separate, from everything that would hold us back, from everything Lord that would cause there to be a blockage in our hearts today. Come. Come, Holy Spirit, right now. Thanks so much for joining us here on our podcast. We encourage you to let this word further help you live and share the life to the full that Jesus gives. If you want to check out more about our upcoming events, service times, locations, or to give online, go to c3hh.com.au.